you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, December 27th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, it is another Mailbag Monday edition of the podcast, as we are answering your Orioles questions here on the pod today. Now, there's three segments on today's episode, really two questions to answer, but one that I've split into two parts here on the pod. Mostly, we're going to focus on a question that has to do with Orioles prospects that the Orioles fans this year, you the listeners, might be clamoring for a couple months into the season, similar to what happened with Jemai Jones last season. I'll give you four names, two pitchers and two hitters to talk about. And then I got a question about the Orioles hot dog race, which is always good to address, especially during a lockout here on the podcast. But that's all coming up on this Mailbag Monday edition of the Locked On Orioles podcast. But before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked On Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, we're the only Orioles pod out there bringing you episodes three days a week during this offseason and during this lockout. Again, we have cut back to three days a week. We'll be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future uh, until this lockout ends. But even then, Still the most Orioles podcast content you are getting out there. So if you're liking the pod, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you are an Apple Podcast listener, if you could leave a five-star rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app, that helps out tremendously. And if you do leave a review, um, I will read some on the podcast, give you a shout-out. Also, you can leave some mailbag questions in those reviews as well that we will answer, or any just questions or comments generally about the Orioles. And we've got a new feature on Spotify for you Spotify listeners out there. You can now rate the podcast over at Spotify. So if you're a Spotify listener, if you go over to the Spotify app, give this podcast a five-star rating. That would be very helpful as well. I believe 11 of you so far have given out a five-star rating. And uh, thank you so much for that. But again, just wanted to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, Mailbag Monday, we are answering your questions here on the pod. And just wanted to kind of start the week off light a little bit. Hope you enjoyed your holiday. Hope everyone stayed safe. Uh, Of course, the new variant is kind of uh, ripping through and a lot of people uh, are testing positive. I feel like we're kind of at the point where most people are, are, you know, if it hadn't happened already, no people close to them uh, who have tested positive for COVID-19 as well. So hope everyone uh, had a good weekend, but also stayed safe. And now uh, back into talking about the Orioles here during this offseason and this lockout as we are oh so close to turning the calendar over to 2022. And on today's episode, I have two questions that I wanted to address on the mailbag. We usually do three questions per mailbag episode, but I had one I wanted to split into two parts, and that is where I will start. As we get a question from at NaturallyCats11 on Twitter, who asks, who seems to be some candidates to be this year's Jemai Jones in terms of being a second-tier prospect who becomes popular because of how bad the major league guys are at the position. This is an interesting question because obviously the basis of the question is what happened with Jemai Jones 
in 2021. Of course, the Orioles traded for him last offseason when they sent Alex Cobb over to the Angels. Jones had gotten a cup of coffee with Anaheim in the big leagues, and everyone thought, oh, you know, he'll spend a couple of weeks, maybe a month at AAA Norfolk, and then he'll be ready to go to play second base for the Orioles. And of course, we know the Orioles did not get a lot of production from the infield, especially at second base last season before kind of Ramona Rios uh, caught fire a little bit there in the middle of the season. And everyone was clamoring for Jemai Jones. And despite the fact that he had a hot start, he actually really cooled off in the middle of the season. And there were points where Jones definitely had earned the call up. And he eventually did get that call up to the bigs late in the season. But even that, he didn't play a lot. He kind of struggled in his, you know, in and out of the lineup at bats. And it was just a weird season for Jemai Jones. But seemingly Orioles fans had come together saying, we wanted Jemai Jones probably from like June 1st at the latest, it felt like everyone wanted Jemai in the big leagues. So the question is, who's that player going to be in 2022? And I've got four answers for you. We're going to start here with two hitters and then two pitchers that we'll talk about in the next segment. So the first one, um, I actually know at J. Mays Hayes brought this up as well on Twitter. And this was kind of my first thought when I saw the question was Robert Newstrom. And I think this kind of could be the top answer here. Newstrom, of course, the 25-year-old left-handed hitting outfielder who the Orioles took in the fifth round out of Iowa back in 2018 and had a fantastic 2021 season between AA and AAA. He was you know, hitting 284 with an 831 OPS in 62 games in Bowie, had seven home runs, and got the call up to Norfolk for the second half of the season. 64 games in Norfolk. The offense wasn't as good, but still a 748 OPS, did hit nine home runs. The power went up. 16 doubles, and uh, just looked really good from the left side of the plate, hit some monster homers. And Newstrom, who just turned 25, you know, seems to be almost major league ready. But the big news, of course, with Newstrom this offseason, that he is Rule 5 eligible, and the Orioles decided not to add him to the 40-man roster to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. So Newstrom will be eligible to be selected by another team in the Rule 5 draft whenever the lockout ends and that major league phase of the Rule 5 draft commences. Now, he's an interesting case on whether or not he will get picked or not, and that's something we'll talk about in another episode. But for now, let's assume he does not get selected, or he gets selected and gets returned pretty immediately, and he is in the Orioles organization to start next season. Now, you know, all signs point to Robert Newstrom being a starting outfielder in AAA Norfolk for the Orioles on opening day next year if he's still in the system. But the reason I bring up Robert Newstrom in this is that the Orioles have two solidified outfield spots, obviously. Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes. And with Anthony Santander being, you know, tendered a contract, you would think he's got right field. But if he has injury issues, and, and even if he doesn't, you know, DJ Stewart has a spot on this team right now. And I feel like DJ Stewart might be getting one more chance and might be on the opening day roster next year. But when Stewart starts to struggle, or if Santander is struggling, or he's injured, or Ryan McKenna just you know isn't putting it all together, Orioles fans are going to look into AAA and say, who is the next outfielder to the at the very least come up and do better at the DJ Stewart, you know, kind of fourth outfielder, pinch hitter, DH sometimes role, and you know. Kyle Stowers is going to be the better option there. He had a fantastic season, but the mailback question is asked about mid-level prospects. After the incredible 2021 that Kyle Stowers has, I think he's a consensus top 10 prospect in the Orioles system at this point. He was their co-minor league player of the year. He's not a mid-level prospect anymore. He is the next guy in right field. So the next name I would go to is Robert Newstrom. And I can see a scenario where Newstrom, 
you know, starts the year hot, hits a couple of homers in Norfolk to start the season, hitting some bombs, everyone seeing the ball leave the park off his bat, and wanting him in the big leagues, even if there's still concerns about maybe swing and miss, or maybe his defense, or whatever it may be. So I definitely think that could be a name, you know, if Stewart's struggling, Santander's struggling, he's getting injured, people are going to start to to murmur about a guy like Newstrom, especially if he's still in the system, and the Orioles sneak him through the Rule 5 draft to get him into the big leagues. But I think more so than that, you know, it could happen in the infield again next season. Heck, it could be Jemai Jones again next season because there's no guarantee at all that Jemai Jones makes the opening day roster. But say guys are struggling again in the big leagues. And and the name I want to put out there is maybe Kelvin Gutierrez because I feel like there is a solid chance, honestly, that Kelvin Gutierrez makes the opening day roster and is the Orioles starting third baseman on opening day. Now, he's not the best answer there, but he finished the season really, really strong for the O's after they claimed him off waivers from the Royals. He plays fantastic defense over at the hot corner, and his bat has a lot of questions, but he was hitting the ball well over the final three weeks of the season this year. So maybe Gutierrez gets that chance, but when given a larger sample size, there's a reason Gutierrez was DFA'd by the Royals, why he was so up and down with Kansas City, The bat is just not there. The swing has a lot of holes in it. He's got a lot of swing and miss in his game. It's not a whole lot of pop in the bat. He's just not a very good hitter over long stretches of time. So if Gutierrez, you know, maybe is the starting third baseman through April and May, and, you know, the defense is there, but the offense is just not. And there's a chance that it could get bad because Gutierrez has had some really bad stretches at the plate. Fans are going to be looking down to the minor league level to see who to pull up. And Jemai Jones will come up in this conversation But I think a guy who could come up is Ryland Bannon. Now, Bannon's in an interesting spot here. Now, he's 25 years old, right-handed hitting infielder, who is on the 40-man roster, was protected last offseason from the Rule 5 draft. But as we know, Bannon had an abysmal 2021. I mean, it was tough to watch in AAA for Ryland Bannon. 84 games, he hit just 176 with a 667 OPS. Now, he did get red hot for about a two-week stretch. Uh, where he was seemingly hitting home runs every at-bat. He did end up with 15 home runs on the season, but most of that came in kind of a a small stretch for Ryland Bannon in the season. Other than that, he was not good at all for the Norfolk Tides. I mean, really, you know, you talk about all that production that he had. That came in August when he hit 10 home runs in the month of August in 22 games while hitting 240 with a 990 OPS every other month i mean his stats were abysmal in every other month of the season so the question is would bannon really be ready but the fact that he's 25 the fact that he is a part of the Manny Machado trade i think that's a, a big piece here too you know dean kramer struggled Yusniel diaz still hasn't gotten to the big leagues so zach pop is a marlin now we really, really want somebody from that Usniel Diaz trade to work out. Ryland Bannon was one of the players that you know came over from the Dodgers in that Machado trade in 2018. So despite the struggles, you know maybe he bounces back and maybe the bat starts hot in Norfolk. You know he, he gets a, a starting infield spot in Norfolk next year, and, and in April and May, you know he's hitting the ball really, really well and is responding. And if Gutierrez isn't playing well. I think Bannon kind of fits that Jemai Jones 2021 mold perfectly where, yeah, he's not the highest, you know, ceiling prospect, but he's playing well and, you know, it seems like his time has passed to get to the big leagues. I think Bannon could be the guy if he starts hot that people are calling for. And I think a lot of it could be we just want to see somebody from the Machado trade work out in the big leagues. But 
That's two hitters that could kind of play that role of Jemai Jones in 2021. How about a couple of pitchers? Because we know people are going to be clamoring for pitchers who are in the minors to come to the majors because the O's are going to struggle probably a good amount on the mound again in 2022. So when we return, we'll talk about one reliever and one starter who could potentially fall into that role next season. That's coming up after this. So we'll get to our second mailbag question of the day in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Built Bars. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. But it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And there's so many flavors that you'll have a hard time choosing. We have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or maybe my favorite, peanut butter brownie. And maybe you want to cozy up with something warm here in the winter as we get into January. Well, here's the secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of hot chocolate, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice, melty Built Bar to go with it. Just be sure to have a few napkins on hand. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order of these delicious and nutritious protein bars. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're back here on a Mailbag Monday episode of the podcast answering your Orioles questions. And we continue with part two of the answer to Jordan's question here about which player will play that Jemai Jones role in 2022, the role of mid-level prospect, solid in AAA, but the player that plays his position in the big leagues is playing so poorly that Orioles fans are just clamoring for that prospect to get to the big leagues. Now, the two hitters I talked about, Robert Newstrom and Ryland Bannon, definitely could fit that role, but I think there's a couple of pitchers who could fit that role as well, and maybe it won't be so much directed at one major league player who's not producing, but just in general. We know the Orioles pitchers are going to struggle at times in 2022, just like they have done for the past, you know, X number of years, and there's going to be guys in AAA who fans want to see in the big leagues. And let's start with a reliever, because I think the Orioles' bullpen overall has been somewhat of a pleasant surprise over the past couple of years, but we know they could still use help. And there are a lot of guys currently on the AAA roster who could definitely help, but one guy who I think falls into this category could be Logan Gillespie. Now, of course, Gillespie, the 24-year-old right-hander, who the Orioles signed to a minor league contract, kind of under-the-radar signing uh, midway through this season, stuck him in high A, moved him up to double A at the end of the year, and not many people knew much about him. And then all of a sudden, Gillespie was the surprise addition to the 40-man roster this offseason. Out of nowhere, the Orioles added Gillespie to the 40-man to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. And the reason why it was out of nowhere, because he just got into the system in like June of this year as a minor league free agent, a guy who, you know, was initially playing minor league baseball as he had signed with the Brewers uh, as an undrafted free agent in 2018. And just kind of, you know, middled through the Brewers system for a couple of years, then was released. The Orioles picked him up. You know, everybody thought it was just kind of a depth move, thought nothing of it. His numbers weren't great. And then the O's add him to the 40 man. So the reason why I put Gillespie in this category is because, you know, we're always going to be clamoring for other relievers to come up. The O's bullpen is going to have its struggles. But I think Gillespie is the perfect candidate here because no matter how well he's pitching in AAA, and the assumption I think would be is that he probably, probably starts the season in the Norfolk Tides bullpen in AAA. 
you know, last year it was it was mixed results for him. He, he started at high A Aberdeen after the Orioles signed him. He had a 3.77 ERA in 14 and a third innings, uh, but he did strike out 16 and walk just three. And they sent him up to Double A. And now the ERA wasn't good. It was 27 and a third innings. It was a 5.60 ERA, but in those 27 and a third, he struck out 36 batters and walked just eight. So those numbers pretty dang good for Logan Gillespie. So the question becomes where he starts. I think probably. You know, at this point, uh, he'll be 25 in early April, so right around when the season starts. I think they'll start him in the Norfolk bullpen because they did add him to the 40-man. And the reason you add a guy to the 40-man is because you're scared another team is going to take him in the Rule 5 draft, and another team thinks he's Major League ready. But I think the reason Gillespie fits here so well is for two reasons. One is that Orioles fans really didn't know much about him, and now they see him added to the 40-man. So I think your initial thought about Gillespie is, wow, he must have some crazy high spin rate numbers, some really high upside that the Orioles saw when they signed him and that the Orioles saw this season that they think very highly of him moving forward to add him to the 40-man. So you get that in your mind, and then unless he absolutely tanks in the Norfolk bullpen, if he's solid or better for the Tides for the first you know month or two of the season— People are going to be clamoring to get him to the big league. It's it's going to be, you know, why did we waste a 40-man roster spot on this random guy, Logan Gillespie, if you're not going to call him up? And there's going to be some, you know, truth to that sentiment and, and some validity there. But overall, this is a guy who has never pitched in AAA, and his 27 innings in AA, that was his first ever innings in AA that came last season. You know, he was pitching in single A in 2019 in the Brewer system. He was... Honestly, he was still a starter at that point. He made 31 appearances. 16 of them were starts in the Brewer system in low A in 2019. I mean, you know, he was not some sort of highly ranked prospect. The relief role is kind of new to him. This level of baseball is kind of new to him. Heck, the Orioles system is still kind of new to him. So all of that together, I would not be surprised if we, you know, maybe don't see Gillespie till late in the year in the big leagues, or maybe if he has a little bit of struggles don't see him in the bigs at all, and he just spends the whole year in the Norfolk bullpen because he's never pitched in AAA. Mike Elias likes most of his guys to kind of master each level of the minor leagues, but I think it's a perfect scenario here where he's pitching okay, the bullpen is struggling, Orioles fans are saying, why did you add him to the 40-man if you're not going to call him up? Why did you just waste this spot that we could have used on? You know, They start naming players like Robert Neustrom or Nick Vespi or whoever it may be. And at the end of the day, I don't think the Orioles have to bring him up this year. I think it will happen, but I think it'll happen later than most O's fans expect in the season. And I think a lot of people are going to be calling for him who really didn't know who he was until he was added to the 40-man roster. But there's one more guy who I want to bring up here, and I did want to go to a starting pitcher because the Orioles have a lot of starting pitching options for 2021. I will say there's a whole lot of guys who finally have gotten to the level of Major League ready and are going to compete for spots. But a lot of those guys are going to have their struggles, and we're still going to want to see some other guys from AAA come up. And I think one guy who could kind of fall into this category of O's fans, want him up there because it's it's bad in the majors, is Cody Sedlock. And for different reasons than Gillespie, but Sedlock, the 26-year-old right-hander, uh, who, of course, was a former Orioles first-round pick. They took him 27th overall in the 2016 draft out of Illinois, had big plans for him. Uh, he had you know multiple injuries, surgeries, and finally, you know, started to pitch well in 2019 for Bowie. And then he, you know, started the year in Bowie this year, 
kind of was moved to a relief role at the end of 19, but was back into a starting role this year, pitched well at Bowie, finally got up to AAA, and in 30 AAA innings, he had a 4.45 ERA with 33 strikeouts, and overall, the stuff looked good in 2021 for Sedlock. Now, he's another guy who was not protected on the 40-man roster. He is Rule 5 eligible, but he's been Rule 5 eligible for the last couple of years, and no one has drafted him. So I think the Orioles' thought is what's going to make them do it this time, although he's clearly much more big league ready this year than he has been each of the last two off-seasons. But if Sedlock passes through the Rule 5 draft and stays in the Orioles' organization, I can see this being a case of, you know, he's, he's 26 years old. He's in the Norfolk starting rotation to start the year. He has three or four good starts to kick off the season in April and May. And we look down in in the minors and just say, you know what? Cody Sedlak was a first-round pick. He was supposed to be this big-time talent. It never really happened, but he's pitching well in AAA and he's 26. Just bring him up to the big leagues and see what he's got. You know, he's a former first-round pick. He's been in the minors for a while now. Just see what he's got. And maybe the Orioles won't be ready to do that. Maybe Michael Elias will want him to get more time at AAA. But I think there could be a, a chance where Orioles fans just see that former first-round pick in Sedlock and pitching well enough at AAA and, and you know, is ready for the bigs. That's just, you know, we need pitching. Call him up to the big leagues. I could see him falling into that category. Uh, but good question that, uh, you know, we were able to go over kind of who will be that Jemai Jones-type prospect in 2022. Thanks to Jordan for the question. But we've got one more Orioles question to answer coming up after the break. has to do with the hot dog race. And uh, where do the rooting interests fall when the hot dog race comes on in between innings at Oriole Park at Camden Yards? That's coming up after this. So we'll get to our final mailbag question of the day in just a second. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Of course, uh, we've got now just two weeks left of the NFL season, and we've got bowl season still coming up. Hey, this week is the college football playoff semifinals. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Again, it is promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And we're back here for our final mailbag question of the day here on a Mailbag Monday episode. And the question comes from at OutToLunch88 on Twitter, who asks, who do you root for in the hot dog race and over under 10 wins for relish this season? Well, let's start with the relish thing. You know, the the big thing at Oriole Park last year was how relish was getting shut out for a while. I don't think relish had a win until July, I don't think. Um, but by the end of the year, relish was on fire. And, you know, the Orioles turned it into a marketing campaign about relish. And you know, they gave out the Orioles ketchup, mustard, and relish t-shirts a couple of years ago. And I think they dumped relish on a uh, group of Orioles fans that were wearing the relish shirts when relish finally won last season. I think that was a plant, but either way. Um, now, if you notice, now I'm going to take the over as an easy over 10 wins for relish 
next season. Because early in the year, you know, it was like ketchup and mustard each had 17 or 18 wins and relish didn't have any. But if you notice by the end of the season, on the last regular season home game was finished, there were 27 wins for ketchup, 27 wins for mustard, and 27 wins for relish. Of course, 27 times three adds up to 81, the number of home games that the Orioles host. And by the end of the year, it was 27 all. And I think that's probably the plan from the Orioles marketing team is 27, 27, and 27. So maybe somebody comes out of the gates hot. Maybe somebody is slow like Relish was last year. But I think at the end of the day, everybody's probably going to end up with 27 wins. So I will definitely take the over on the 10 wins for Relish. Now, in terms of my rooting interest, when I eat a hot dog, it's ketchup and mustard on the hot dog. So I'm kind of split between ketchup and mustard. I'm, I'm good with either winning. Not a fan of Relish, so I'm not cheering for Relish in the hot dog race. But I guess if I had to pick one, I will say I never put just mustard on the hot dog, but I do sometimes put just ketchup on the hot dog. Now, I like it with ketchup and mustard. That's the go-to hot dog. But if I had to just pick one of them to put on the hot dog, I would pick ketchup. And because of that, I, I usually am rooting for ketchup to win the hot dog race. And I think that's how most people do it. Just which one is their favorite condiment to put on their hot dog is probably who they're cheering for in the hot dog race. But again, ended up all tied 27, 27, 27 by the end of the year. And I would expect the same kind of thing to happen in 2022. But who knows? Uh, either way, not a big relish fan on the hot dog. And I do like, you know, when there's other stuff on it, I do like a chili cheese dog, um, but just not the, not the relish. Um, to be honest, at the game, I would rather go get like a Italian sausage with peppers and onions than get a hot dog. But the hot dog's still solid, ketchup and mustard, and I'll cheer for ketchup in the hot dog race. But Thanks for everybody's questions on today's Mailbag Monday episode. If you would like to submit questions and have them answered on a future Mailbag Monday episode of the pod, we'll be doing them pretty much every Monday throughout the offseason. Uh, if you'd like to submit a question via Twitter, you can tweet your questions to at LockedOnOrioles. Usually every Sunday, I put out a tweet from the account asking for mailbag questions. You can send them there to at LockedOnOrioles or just anytime tweet a question to at LockedOnOrioles. You can also tweet me to my personal Twitter account at Connor Newcomb underscore with a question. You can also DM either account. Uh, the DMs are open to ask a mailbag question. If you'd like to do it via email, you can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com to send in a question or any comment about the podcast via email. And you can also leave a question in the review section on the Apple Podcasts app. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can go in to the app on the Locked On Orioles page, scroll down, and if you could leave a five-star rating. And in the review section, you could leave a review or you could leave a mailbag question. If you leave it in there, uh, we will answer the question on a future Mailbag Monday pod as well. But in terms of the rest of this week, two more episodes. We'll be back on Wednesday and then Friday to finish out the podcast. Wednesday, we'll be talking some Orioles news and notes. Friday, we will have kind of one final free agent Friday uh, series we've been doing throughout the offseason. We're going to talk about outfielders. It's probably the position the Orioles have the least need of, uh, but maybe they could go out and get maybe a minor league deal outfielder to you know put some competition into camp. Uh, also looking to start a series coming up here on the pod where we're going to talk to some hosts of some of the other shows here on the Locked On MLB network, and we're going to talk about 
other teams who are rebuilding, who are somewhere in this rebuilding stage, and compare them to the Orioles, talk with the other hosts, and kind of look at you know how the Orioles have done versus how other teams have done, how they've done it, and what their you know goal is in terms of of what year they think they should be competing. And also, we'll talk a little bit about you know the best moves, the worst moves they've made, and really get a sense for how this kind of thing is done elsewhere in the league. But again, we will be back here on Wednesday talking all things Orioles here on the pod. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.